0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: My name is Sam Warburton, and in my opinion, the greatest injustices in modern-day sport Ah, that David Flatman was never picked for the Lions. Uh, I can't, I can't say this, boys. Read
3: it, Sam. Read it, okay.
2: And that Thomas George Llewellyn Shanklin wasn't Wales captain instead of me. Not so hard was it? Carry on, ladies and gentlemen. It's Flats and Shanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome, one and all. To episode two, series three of the Flats and Shanks podcast. I am Tom of the Shanklins clan. I'm
3: David of the Flat Men.
2: Yeah, strange name that.
3: Oh, I seemed Jewish, I do think we, it is. You're related to pancakes. Um something funny was gonna come out of that, wasn't it? Um Man of the Flats, I think uh, I think my ancestors were East Anglia based landowners. Eastern European. Yeah, something Possibly. like
2: that. I'm sorry about the little bit of music there you put well, that, that on, on
3: purpose it's just what i got going on at the moment it's just what I'm into at the moment okay it's a bit of aggressive explicit lyrics R&B because ain't nothing wrong yeah and then you mix that with some of the
2: books that you're reading right now yeah just didn't tweet those? about they look didn't really good what were they didn't tweet about them you did you put it on Facebook
3: no I didn't oh did you not Instagram, Tom. Instagram, that's it. Ah, what were they? Yeah. What were the books? Historian, Shadow of the Wind, really nice. Have you actually read them, or yeah, you're just twe- twe- making it up, just <laughs> tweeting it to sound, sound clever, yeah, yeah. I do, I do that all the time. I just do stuff to sound to probably be cool, even though I don't want to do it.
2: Um, how are you, boy?
3: Yeah, I'm all right,
2: fella. How are you? Sat in your car, westbound. Lee Delamere Services. Lee Delhi. Looks like you're moving house. A kit in the back. You've got boxes. You got your bin liner jacket.
3: Yeah, you've not been home for a while, have you? This is a you, this is a sports utility vehicle. Um, I'm on the verge of going to the tip with a car full seats flat back back down flat aren't they and I'm on the verge of going to the tip with a car full of cardboard but I haven't quite been yet so I keep doing these really long journeys with creaking cardboard behind me it's really annoying do you love a tip run because it's just a bit of me time mate you get 20-30 minutes on your own mate yeah but it's not for me because I take the kids the kids love going to the tip just have a play do they like
2: kids go find me some plastic
3: or some, some aluminium glass. find me some glass <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I take them and it's just, it's my version of a day out You know, you've heard of McDonald's dads Which is dads that look after their kids and take them straight to McDonald's I go to McDonald's via the tip And sometimes Argos sits next door So um, it's quite the day out And simple things please kids They don't need they don't need to be in Barbados necessarily They don't need Fortnite, do they? They don't need it, do they? I don't even know what Fortnite is I've heard loads of people talking about it It's a computer game, isn't it? Yeah, it's it? a
2: computer game I, I don't actually know what it does I think you just shoot people, basically, and you're a character. Is it a shoot 'em up? Yeah, it's not like Worms. Do you remember Worm?
3: Are you really? I can't imagine you've been in computer games though. Well, funny you should mention that, Tom. I won a uh, regional competition in Crystal Palace for Worms: Street Fighter Two Turbo. Did you really? On the snares. <laughs> Super Nintendo. Street Fighter Two Turbo. Turbo just made it like double quick. But that was, I used to be able to complete it on expert mode without conceding a shot. I I was never allowed
2: like a, a mega drive or anything like that. I was too too busy playing sport, you know, climbing trees, making bow and arrows. Yeah. But yeah. I did get an original PlayStation before and I loved Tekken. Remember Tekken? Yeah, I didn't Playstation I never one? It. Never played it. That and journal only with rugby. But yeah, I know.
3: When everyone had game was it Game Boys? I yep. got a Sega Mega is it a Sega Mega Drive? Yep. The handheld things.
2: Ooh. No, Mega Drive was what you plugged into computer.
3: Yeah, what was the thing I had? A Sega, someone will know. Okay. I had a game on it called Rygar. And oh, I was God. trying, I was trying... To a Game like, Gear? Game Gear. Could have been a Game Gear. Could have been a Game Gear. A game called Rygar, couldn't complete it. Kept getting to level 23, whatever it was, the final level and losing. Then my sister's friend, Angela, came round. Angela Benoit. She came round and Angela's like, how do you play on this, Dave? I was like, I used to do this and do this. She's like, oh, right. Half an hour later, she's like, oh, I think I've completed it. The Final boss, I couldn't do. She did it. it. Didn't take her any time at all. Never forgiven her for that. She, humili- she humiliated me. Humiliated humili- me. Humiliated me. Teeth back in, mate. She humiliated. She victimised. She humiliated. She vandalised. Humiliated you. me in front of my family. I can't even say it. That's what the memory has done to me.
2: You'll never be Super Mario Kart anyway.
3: Street Fighter Two Turbo, um, SF Two Turbo. This. I'm drinking a coffee that Tom's got for me and got into my car. And Tommy, what is it? It's a coconut flat white from Costa.
2: You can get it all other lead-in coffee shops, but Costa apparently do the best coconut flat white. That's coming from mate Bubs, who's intolerant to everything now. Yeah, except when he doesn't. Including immigration, <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> including Brexit. The, the thing is, mate, they come yeah. over here making our coffee, all right? But I, uh, I've you know, like with our lives and stuff you sometimes get sponsorship deals because we do TV stuff and pods and whatever yes you do and there's this sponsor and, that sponsor and that's fine and they're lovely people I often think one of the sponsor link up sponsorship deals petrol that could save me the most money is Costa because I get I buy so many Costa Express coffees from those machines I might actually just try and install one in my car it's insane I buy at least 75 a day don't exaggerate 700 800 a month Okay, so not petrol, Costa. Yeah, I mean... We want fuel cards. I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have the car that I have, but um, I filled it up this morning. Um, but having said that, I hadn't filled it up since yesterday morning, so... Oh, to be fair, I've driven a long way. I drove Bath to Sail Sharks and back, and I've just driven Bath to Crawley and back, and tomorrow I'm driving Bath to South Devon and back, so I'm doing some pretty punchy mileage. What have you been up to this week? Mate... Mate, who is it that hated us saying mate all the time that we now we do it all the time? Michelle, Michelle. maybe. Michelle, um, what's so been up to? Been quiet, been reasonably quiet because it, it's one of those things where you're like back to it, eh? You're back to it now. All of these are over, season started, and um, yeah, I am back to it, but back to CrossFit. Are you CrossFit bath? I've did a bit, a bit of CrossFit, a bit of fatness first. Um, there is a new gym. A couple of new gyms opening in Bath, which I'm going to... A couple. Try out. Yeah, they look quite nice. I'm not into nice gyms, that's the point. I want to get in... I like... Spit and sawdust. Spit and sawdust, or... Do you like having like an
2: area to yourself where you can do your deadlifts, your squats, your cleans, a couple of down-and-ups,
3: if you want? Yeah, I like that, and I, but I also like a gym... I actually like big gyms, because they're big enough that you don't have to wait for equipment, which is boring for everyone, but also you're not if there's a, if it's a tiny gym it's a little bespoke cool one 10 people in there you have to talk to the trainers because there's no one else in there but you're
2: not doing i want to be on like my own cable pull-ins and yeah oh you do do you yeah all right you use machines not use just machines yeah power lifting
3: no machines too okay doing trying to do a bit less power lifting God, stuff taking over the world aren't they machines because it's um i don't am not convinced it's good for me um so yeah, well, I mean, what what have I been up to, Tom? It's it's a, it's a great question. Well, that's what, enough, what, mate. Um, I had a baby. It's one I, intend to, I Had a baby on Tuesday. Anyway, it's one I intend to answer. So um, last Wednesday, um, a human I went, baby. I went to a dinner in Cheltenham. Jill Douglas asked if I would go, and I said, you know what, I bloody will. We're still talking about me, aren't we? Yeah. All right. Don't ask the question, and then I thought you'd, I thought he'd finished. That's all. Do you want to talk about your baby then? No, 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 no. no. Jill Douglas. Jill Douglas invited me to this dinner, a kids dinner, our uh, Kids Rugby Club. And loads of people were there. Nolly was there, um Nicky Robbo was there, Nicky Robinson. Yeah. Lives up there, doesn't ben he? Ben Velicott, Tom Hudson were there from Gloucester, David Humphreys and yeah, and Ackerman were there. He is a unit. I always forget. He's an absolute unit. He's not just tall, he is a big man. Properly thick set as well. Huge
2: guy. Not like he's needed lows of conditioning and weights to put that size on. Just, just naturally thick, big, yeah. Big
3: and thick. And Rob Fiddler was there along with his dad. I got into Fids a bit when is I got up on the mic. Instrument? Yes. Yeah, I yeah. thought so. Um a Cello. And he um he was there, so I got into Fids a bit. Uh, Did you do a Q and A with all of them? Or no, Jill Douglas hosted it And then Wayne Barnes was there He spoke for 20 minutes Really good And then did a Q&A with Nolly And Barty oh, and Jill
2: The breakdown <laughs> Protecting the Jackler <laughs>
3: um, But it was good It was nice um, That's the truth of it And then it was up to Blimmin Sail Sharks Sail that, Away That's it mate it's, it's been pretty, it's been pretty Chilled actually Sail Just Away thought, yeah. yeah This week coming up It's Busy One Boy Where are you? Mate I'm going to tell you. Is that local, why you asked? Local. Is that why you asked? So yeah, done Crawley today. Blimmin' tomorrow. Blimmin' Devon. Race back. I'm babysitting. Can you babysit your own kids? I'm babysitting. Don't have to. Then man. I'm at. Then I'm at a friend's wedding. Wednesday morning in London. Who gets married on a Wednesday? Long story. Yeah. Fine. And, move on. And it just it just goes from there, Tom. And then I'm a, I'm down at um, Gloucester against Bristol on, on Sunday. Sunday on Friday night. Oh, Sunday, I'm at Wasps, Leicester. Yeah. Okay, so you're okay. Up in Coventry on Sunday. i mean sent to Coventry. Not
2: as bad as Sale, is it, or
3: Newcastle? No, it's one of those. where I mean, Coventry Sunday till what is it, six or seven, and then I've actually got an eight a.m. business thing, uh, breakfast thing, business breakfast thing in the city on Monday morning, which oh. is reasonably punchy. That. What
2: are you going to travel down on the I'll Monday go and, morning?
3: I'll go and stay overnight in London. I think on the Sunday night. Yeah. See who I am. Yeah. I'll be um, alright. I'll be Tom. Tom. I'll be absolutely fine. Anyway. You had a baby, have you? I'm a father. How did that happen? I'm not actually sure. Do you remember the night it No, that that's a worrying <laughs> thing. Does look like me though. Yeah, it does, yeah. Looks like a baby orangutan. Yeah, I thought it might be more translucent than it is. He, um, sorry, he is. jaundice mate. Long, um, long may it stay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lovely um, colour on him. A kill cool for a bit of jaundice on Made in Chelsea, wouldn't they? That what's his name? Theo. Theo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do
2: you like him? Bloody love him, mate. Mm. Like he's one of my own. <laughs> <laughs> have you had a chat with him yet? Uh, oh, had I, had, I talk st- to him all the time, mate. I, I do the late feeds. Um, God, we we have we chat about everything. God. What don't we talk about is easier. Um, But he was born on Tuesday. All good, all fine. Back home now. It's actually um, a a really pleasant experience for a father when the mother has a C-section. Because you're not dealing with all uh, the loud noises, all the animal noises, Mm. all the hours of labour and the pains. (laughs) It's it's quite strange, really, because it takes... Probably fifty minutes. It probably it takes ten minutes really to for the baby to come out and then the, uh, the remaining fifty minutes to stitch them back up. Oh that's the bit that's the bit.
3: That's yeah. the best bit. I love I but like like all stitches and gory stuff. You love that film Crash, it's in your top ten, isn't it? It's your top ten. But it was um
2: it was quite strange she was just having a chat with the doctors just telling inappropriate jokes and they were loving it, it was just keeping the morale high and then gotcha. the baby came out. Um, easy as that. Yeah. Well easy done. as that. But obviously then uh, the aftercare, you know, they can't drive for a while. Um, quite annoying. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a little bit, but you know, there wasn't room in the car, so I made a walk home. But yeah, it's um,
3: which can't drive, so
2: it's, yeah. it's all it's all fine, mate. Just late nights at the moment, but gives me a chance to catch up on Netflix. Kane in the Netters. What are you watching? Just finished Ozark series two.
3: Oh, I'm
2: three or four in. I liked it. I liked it. It is quite complicated. You've got to keep watching well, you've got to watch it. You can't be going on your phone. It's like you know you have to be aware of what's going on
3: because there's always loads of different twists and can i say something potentially inappropriate yes but natural and honest yes i find the woman in that the mum the wife got her name wendy yes very attractive she was in love actually or was she yeah redhead yeah i find her very physically attractive i thought you were going to say the daughter then i'm glad you didn't no i'm not like that um can i say like i can say i've said it now yeah i do Okay. I am, so I finished that yep. uh, I'm on the last series. Is it good then When you finish it you I liked it I liked it It wasn't amazing though Can I say It's an open ending Ah oh, so series 3 coming Yeah
2: um, But at the moment I'm just finishing off
3: El Chapo Got one more Episode to watch Have you seen El that El Chapo No not yet Is it good Yeah Is it a spin off From Or is it just a set another, another Pablo Escobar thing
2: But it's about El Chapo Which means short In Mexican It's
3: uh, Yeah so he's Surely it's Chapo Old oh, Chapo's nice, nicer, and it? it's more English. Old Chap, is it called Old Chapo? But it is, it's, it is. old, old Chapo.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it is actually <laughs> set in Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's good though, mate. You know, they talk about Pablo Escobar being the Godfather of drug smuggling, and next up is um Old Chapo. But isn't that Old Chapo? I think I he only gets arrested. I think about a year ago. Pablo Escobar's the guy, so it's like... But he, he was... But uh, El Chapo then was smuggling drugs from Colombia to Mexico
3: to... Weren't we all? Uh, America. Weren't we all? To but, the US. But it's like, Usain Bolt's the number one of all time. I don't want to sit down and watch a whole series about Asafa Powell. I just want to watch one on the best guy and then move on to something else.
2: Yeah. It's good, though. Is it good? Yeah, okay, I really enjoyed it. Narcos is really good. Narcos is really good, but El Chapo is good. He was in... Forbes I don't know top 20 of richest men and most influential men Yeah, for like 4 or 5 years
3: yeah but where's he now? could he pop down the shop for a cup of tea without thinking someone's going to smoke him I'd rather not. I'd rather have less money and be able to go down realistically to Waitrose if I had the choice but if I'm on a budget Sainsbury's.
2: on a budget is probably Asda
3: or Lidl Sainsbury's is reasonably priced isn't it?
2: yeah it's pretty decent, Sainsbury's.
3: Yeah, I like Sainsbury's, but Waitrose is a much nicer experience. you would never go to Asda, would you, or Little? Yeah. Do you know what they are? Yeah. Uh, shut, are up. They? Shut, up. There is, shut There is there is no Asda <laughs> there is no Asda that's convenient for me. We went to Asda <laughs> all the time <laughs> you when we were younger. Have them you in and bath. Me. Damn in bath. No, we didn't. We went to the co-op. <laughs> we, we had a co-op below us, didn't we? No, that, no. We, we used to go to the big Asda in Southgate. We used to go. Remember, where you debagged me. Yeah, and you weighed on scales and got your height. I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it said I was five foot three. Uh, yeah, but you had to have, eat organic. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but Waitrose is a nicer experience, and it's like, oh, don't need an experience. Okay, fine. I'm okay. I don't need anyone else to need it. But it's like a luxury car. Why pay extra for a car that's more luxurious, gets you A to B? Fine. I don't care. It's like, I don't care if you don't spend money on luxuries because you don't find that luxurious. I like going to Waitrose, it is much more pleasurable. However,. It does feel unnecessarily expensive, so I don't shop there very often, because I feel like I'm maybe getting a bit done over. I'm with you there, fella. I do like a waitrose shop.
2: Lovely, isn't it? On a weekend.
3: But they've got a like, little coffee shop, and they got lovely, fresh almond croissants and stuff in the mornings. It's like, oh, this is so nice. Such nice gears in there, you know? So, yeah, I've been properly enjoying the late-night feeds. Yeah, I wa- what I'm worried about, though, Tommy, is that you gotta, you, you're not going to bed and getting back up again. You are... Staying asleep, staying awake, because what's the point in going to bed? But I wonder, a month from now, you'll have given up about forty-five hours of sleep. Oh, I'd be gone, mate. I moved out, and you, yeah, and you look like even even more like uh, what's his name? Who's the one you look like? Voldemort. but well, yeah, you're emptying yourself. That's what I'm worried about. I say worried? I Couldn't give a shit. To be <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed to swear. <laughs> Sorry. Beep it out, will you? Yeah, of course I will. Um, I just felt like that wouldn't be as good. What do you want? What do you want to do with your seat? Do you no, want to chill th- it?
2: No, I thought you were. Uh, I thought my seat warmer on. Um, so. That's been keeping me busy this week. I uh, went to the Dragons Southern Kings on Saturday. Oh, you did it with Jacko, didn't you? With Ed Jackson, first time I met him. I'm not sure if he listens to the podcast.
3: Oh, of course he listens to it, mate. He's got nothing else to do. Uh,
2: but you're right, mate. Just Except
3: Nick our Jobs.
2: Incredibly good looking.
3: Oh, yeah, but answer me this, right? I, I, oh, I hope he listens to this. right? Answer me this, Tommy. If Jacko hadn't jumped in a pool and broken his neck, would he be commentating on telly? He
2: wouldn't, but he's very honest about that. And he, it's a joke. He's got more awards for breaking his neck and recovering than he ever has for rugby. He calls it the cripple
3: cabinet. Does he? Yes. I hope the doctors have got awards too, because they're the ones that have really done it.
2: What was the hardest thing, though. Um, and you, you'll have witnessed this, because we, you know, you pitch side pre-game. Yeah. You have a break, and then the game starts. Yeah. He's got to walk pitch side all the way to the gantry on the other side of the field
3: with a gangster lean on
2: with a gangster lean on yeah Uh, to get up there in time
3: and by the way if anyone's going to think about emailing in or tweeting us or whatever that we're being disrespectful to Jacko um, we agree don't we we are yeah completely disrespectful it's not right but we're also not bothered but that's also the environment that we're in
2: yeah a great fella Jacko
3: um, you find a weakness you pick on it he, you know, he called me and said, I've got a bit of TV work, like some tips, yeah. to have a chat about it. And I, I called him back with some tips and really all he was, all he was ringing for was, um, just sort of celebrate the fact that he was getting TV work while I was at home watching and he was earning while I was watching on telly and he wanted to rub it in because he's basically stealing my life now. Really
2: good though. Really natural. You could tell he wasn't nervous. Just a real nice chat and the opening, um. The opening scene of just what he's up to and
3: the charity work he's doing. Jokes aside, if you had been through what Jacko has been through, could you ever be nervous again? I don't think you could. I don't. He's done a lot of public speaking now, which
2: is really good because he's got a great story. But he's to such tell. a relaxed dude, isn't and he's, he?
3: And he just he says he feels
2: incredibly lucky. You know, how can you feel incredibly lucky about breaking a neck? But he he said, you know, what could have happened? Well, look at the work it's got him. And That's what yeah, he means. Yeah, very true. Um, but you look at. Potentially, where you could be breaking your neck, breaking your neck, not being able to walk again, not being able to stand up. But he's got all these things. He's doing challenges. He's 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 doing a where is he? I think he might be over in France now doing his a, wife's
3: like, a legend as well.
2: Mountain walk. His he's wife's lovely, mountain, think, beautiful, moment. lovely. Yeah.
3: Took amazing care of him. so Yeah, he's he is he is in very, very in many ways very very lucky. But he did um, problem with Jacko he's also a thief and if you rob a bank you're a thief then if you get caught and give the money back are you suddenly not a thief he stole something from me that I lent to him in good faith at a charity event and after I rumble him I think on this podcast or on Twitter or something and I question him and say why have you done this to me after I've been nothing but a friend Um, admittedly I only want to be his friend since he got famous because he broke his neck before that I couldn't give a toss what he was doing to be honest he steals it from me I out him and suddenly it comes back through my letterbox by magic with a one kilo bar of dairy milk. So is he, is he suddenly not a thief? Um, I tell Still you what, a thief, I, if you ask me. I tell me.
2: you, is a thief. The umpire. In the US oh, no. Open. Stole a pint of <laughs> Serena Williams. Don't. Don't yeah, go. No, we'll, we'll get into that a bit later. Don't go there, Tommy. Or do you want to go there now, mate?
3: Let's go there. What's your view?
2: My view. I've got two views.
3: If you say banging the old feminist drum... You're afraid you've got to get out of my car. Right. My car, by the way.
2: As <laughs> as the law stand, I think it was the correct decision. Letter of the law, Tom. Um, the coach is blatantly giving her coaching advice with his hand signals. You're not allowed to do that, and it's a warning. She then smashes a racket on the floor. That is a second warning, which means you've got to dock a point. Now, that's what really upset her because she's saying that he stole a point from her. Now, she knows the fact that if she slams a racket on the floor, she's already been given a warning, he's going to dock her a point. So she knows what's coming. Now, it was only since the point was taken away from her that she really kicked off. Um, I think the umpire, what was his name? Roman Steve Jobs. Um, Dickie Bird. Was it Dickie Bird? I I think he could have dealt with it better, because she's taken it personal, that he's deemed her cheating. You know, the... The sanction is against her coach, and I know it reflects on a player. But you know whether she saw it or not, that's always going to be the law. You know, if if uh, if your coach in the box is giving you hand signals for in a form of coaching, that's a warning. Um,
3: yeah, so, yeah, but the coach knows that the points are docked from the player. Exactly, not the exactly.
2: Coach. But she's taken that personally. Now, you don't often see these um, warnings and point docking given, especially in such a big game like the uh, Grand Slam final um, it's like Rugby League and getting done for feeding in a in a World Cup final you know very very rarely does that happen but I think my mum should have got done for feeding <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> I'm grooming but uh. <laughs> but she's She's full of emotion, isn't it? Now I, I get. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the more, whole. I'm thinking of more
3: feeding things here. I've got to stop. The to whole stop. sexism. I don't really get. Do you know why I am mean, still, I, I'm still I'm feeding I'm, that pony in the village <laughs> <laughs> on Sundays. We're trying to, <laughs> have, a, we're
2: trying <laughs> to have a serious <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Right,
3: someone's got to feed the pony on a Sunday, haven't they?
2: <laughs> I'm sweating now. Me too. Ah, oh, so hot. Um, but it. she's turned it into a massive, and the whole sexism thing in tennis is is a total different argument about how men get away with more than women. Um, she's probably is got though, a, is it she's a, probably it she's probably got a point, but you know you you can't be disrespectful to umpires, no matter if you agree with them or not. They're there to do the job. You have to have that. Um, you have to have respect in sport, and. All sports are trying to clamp down on on talking back to umpires. She's calling him a thief. She's being quite aggressive towards him. He docks her a game, um, and I think for me that was the right decision. And it just takes away the shine of how good Naomi Osaka was. Mm. Uh, but I, what I will say is Serena Williams dealt very well with it at the end uh, when the awards were being given. Um, there was a lot of booze going on. She quieted the crowd down and. Gave thanks to Naomi and said she deserved the win.
3: Yeah, I think it, it it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, well, it depends what you call interesting. But people are torn. It's a, people are torn on social media about it. Yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? And talk for a minute, Tommy. Talk about it for a minute, because I'm trying to find something that I think it might be relevant on my okay. phone. I, was, wait, 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 I won't be long. It's not the first time either that she's being
2: aggressive to umpires particularly female umpires as well um, she's been banned before and you know people talk about John McEnroe and how he talked back to umpire. but it's a total different era you know that would never happen in this day and age um, there's been other male tennis players that have argued with umpires and potentially they may have gone away with it but what it will do now is the bar has been set about what you can and cannot say to an umpire. And it's very much like that Sam Warburton tackle in the World Cup in the semi-final against France. You know, a lot of people saying that wasn't a red card, it should never be a red card, no one's been given a red card for that before. Um, but after that, any tackle that was similar or worse than Warburton on Vincent Clerk was a was an automatic red card. And I think you'll see that through tennis now. So it's, it sounds bad, but I think it is good for the game that this incident has happened. So okay, Um, you just we've just searched on your phone for someone else's opinion, and you're going to. Who was I trying to find? No, someone
3: sums it up really well. No, Um, Ben Durs always great (laughs) name, (laughs) great name, isn't it? He knows, he knows. Um, Benders, Benders, uh, former BBC, but does his own stuff now. I often like his opinions on things because they're pretty no nonsense. He says, "I love this argument that Serena Williams is some kind of feminist role model for behaving like a man would. Anyone who speaks to an umpire like that is an unpleasant prick, male or female." I also love the argument that when sportsmen go mental, they're given a pass, but when sportswomen go mental, they're hated for it. Most people I know think Nick Kyrgios is a complete moron. It's true. Like the whole John. Yes, we celebrated John McEnroe, and the whole and saying it was a different time makes it sound like we're talking about Jimmy Savile. We're not. It's like, but it, it it is. A different time. No one is allowed to talk to umpires like that. And all all sportsmen and women at elite level are on the edge a lot. They're on the edge a huge amount of pressure, physical, psychological, environmental, financial, all that stuff. You might argue she's not under financial pressure, but I bet you not winning cost her a lot of money. So there's there's a lot thrown in. She's also had a tougher life than a lot of people and probably had to fight a lot harder to get where she is than you and I have to get into the front seat of this car at Lee Delhi, right? So take all that into account but you have to remember that you are a role model everyone makes mistakes everyone cocks up she went way too far just like the footballers who can't resist taking their shirt off even though they know it's a yellow card when they've scored it's ridiculous I think she behaved awfully so you're talking about all the troubles that she's gone through the that's a different that's a
2: different argument for a different time that's, but, but that's not something you bring up in the middle of a US Open no. uh, Grand Slam final and no. she might and she's there are I'm sure valid points yep. but
3: there's times and places that you address what them. i mean is that her, her reaction to Was feeling pure emotional but her reaction to feeling persecuted might trigger different chemical reactions and different memories from your reaction to being persecuted because in your life you've been persecuted very very little as have i because we're very privileged now she's been persecuted a lot from a young age so she's wonderful and dominant and fantastic and a role model not just for lot women around the world but for men around the world too she's a phenomenon but she's active She's struggled and been persecuted a lot more and victimised and picked on a lot more. So when she feels like that's happening to her, which probably doesn't happen a lot anymore because she's rich, famous superstar, it may well trigger things from her past that cause explosive reactions. Now, I think that she behaved awfully, but it's. It, I think you're right in a sense that it's good, that no one's going to be al- allowed to do that again. I think it's right that she's Dr. Game. She knew what was coming, but to expect elite sportsmen and women to always, always be clear and rational about their behaviour when they're at the limit and under that amount of pressure is unrealistic. Doesn't excuse it, but whether she likes it or not—and I know I think she likes it—she's a role model for lots and lots of people, primarily kids. Or not primarily. In this instance, most, um, sort of importantly, kids that play tennis. So just like this footballer who dives, that footballer, that footballer who abuses a referee kids copy what the pros do we know that, we see it all the time in all different sports, that is one of the reasons rugby clamps down so hard on these things and rightly she, people, if she's allowed to get away with that, whatever the reasons behind it, kids will copy it so she can't be. And
2: I've always, you always watch tennis and you always see there is normally, mostly a huge level of respect because a lot of calls don't go your way, Yeah, they deal with them, they move on um, but anyway, I think we've put that to bed on a, Have we? On a lighter note how good was the personal hacker for Tia uh, Tia Tora Excuse my pronunciation. <laughs> 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 Hang on. Uh, Whose so, dog? Yeah, Tia Tura Tuarangi. So he gets uh, he gets his first cap for the All Blacks at the weekend mm. against Argentina. I thought Argentina is the best I've seen them look. Um, but hope, you know, you hope just, they do that again. You, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. do I. You just you just can't compete against New Zealand, but. Yeah. He goes into the stand after. we believe it's his father, it's his partner, and his partner's father um, do a personalised hacker for him. And a lot of people talk about, you know, getting death by hackers. Um, this
3: one is just
2: absolutely, goosebumps. absolutely incredible. Yeah, You cannot not enjoy it watching it. You cannot not get goosebumps watching it. Because, it's,
3: because you see the hacker face on, and he is facing the hacker, so you can't, you, know, you can't see him I wonder how do you stand there and not ball your eyes out when something like that's happening like I, he must have done or maybe it's the he pure didn't.
2: emotion of his who we think is his partner his father and then just the handshakes and the hugs after it's such a proud moment for him and you know I hope people watch that and I hope you know when they see the hacker and they think oh that's another hacker now and I want to go to New Zealand I hope they they realise what it actually means yeah. to New Zealanders yeah to do it, oh, it was brilliant! I um, absolutely love that. There was—I saw something on social media—is uh, the Moto GP and a guy oh, yeah, called I Romana Fanetti Right, he grabs the brake oh, of seen it. another rider when he's going around the outside of him, That's mate. Incredible. It's absolutely incredible.
3: How do you spell Finetti? Um, F- e- Air <laughs>
2: yeah, N, yeah, E, A, T, T, I, a- T, T, I, Fanati. D- I'm not sure just put MotoGP grab brake
3: well I've got oh fanatic oh you ok grab brake MotoGP
2: yeah it is I mean MotoGP brake you are now you know you have your licence now don't you so I'm sure
3: oh my god there's a picture of it I, I want to see the video video I'm sure you can relate to this a lot better than I can because you know you, right I'm watching it here we go you know, <sighs> going on about your bike now. oh my god these riders oh my god is
2: this a short version so he's going no, around the corner
3: no it's a guy nearly coming off that's the wrong one guys is, it, is this good podcasting guys you enjoying this oh, here it is here he goes so he's going around the outside oh my god
2: Omar oh my god
3: he's been sacked has he? But calls remain for a lifetime ban following a life-threatening incident where he grabbed a competitor's brake lever at 140 miles an hour. Never, during the ever seen GP. that before. How
2: can you think, A, that's not going to get picked up on camera, and I've B, just
3: retweeted it if you want to look at it. Holy moly.
2: And B, surely you're going to realise you're going to get banned for that.
3: Jeepers. Have you seen the Basserone incident yet? No. I mate. Mean, where have you been? I've been on the road, bro. I'm not like all the other guys that take driven cars. I like to drive my own car everywhere. You and Ugo are like so the best. You, Ugo, and Will Green were like the best social media. I'm tra- right. do tra- you know trollers, tra- tra- I know. I've had a week almost completely off social media this week. Oh, you. Someone you just sent an article you, you, saying, you're saying <laughs> get some hate mail. Are you? No, I haven't. No. Uh, right, Bastero. This is this is good. This is good. Podding, guys. You're all enjoying this um, because we're looking stuff up on our phones. Good. to do your research, mate. Oh, hang on. Here we on. go. Bastero on the floor calling for a big ban oh cheap shot blokes lying or already lying down on his front Matteo Bastero translates roughly as Matthew the bastard (laughs) it's the third swear word you've had the bastard's not a swear word it's in the dictionary chief actually some of the others I don't think my kids would like it um I'll see I don't want to retweet that it's not very nice um can you retweet it because I don't care about your account no um
2: so, yeah, that was about. But what is nice, I know you don't follow cricket, but Alistair Cook, it's his. Anyway, Bastaro's last, his last game done. for England. he gets. I don't know what he's finished on with. Oh, yeah, Bastero's
3: getting done, basically. Yeah, He'll yeah. Say yeah, that, yeah, what up it.
2: yeah, yeah. But big shout out to Alistair Cook. I know he listens to the podcast.
3: Um, See you tonight, Cookie. Big one tonight. Fellash on a high. i going to get a really lashed lash tonight, me and Cookie. Um, I'm not. I like cricket, but I don't know a lot about it. But I've always thought he was a very humble. Um, dignified, polite, skillful, committed batsman. Left-handed batsman. I've always thought he was a great batsman, actually. I've always enjoyed watching him. But he's one of my faves. you happy with that and my synopsis of his career? Well done, Cookie. Break.
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Right guys,
3: this is the um, rugby section for you to all flick through, fast forward through, because we know none of you Likes it. You all just like the rambling. That's do what you? our feedback told us, isn't it? Yeah, legally we have to do it, unfortunately. Legally, to call it a rugby podcast, got to talk about rugby. So, um, Friday night. Northampton Isle of isn't it? Saints against So Two of the old timers on that classic match. It wasn't actually that good. It's funny, sir, Max Leheath from Bath tweeted that he didn't like, didn't know if he liked the Quinns shorts, the grey away shorts. It's funny he said that because I was looking at those shorts a lot during the game and I actually think that the colour and fit of them really suits... A man, a heavier quadded man. So, like, Danny Kerr it really made... I said on Twitter, I think it really made Danny Kerr's quads pop. So did the fact that he clearly shaves his legs and has got a great tan and he's muscular. His legs looked amazing in those shorts. And he replied, they really do. He agrees. So, I think Max has been... Um, had his question answered there. He's sort of been sartorially overruled. Yeah, smaller people do have... A lot of them have larger legs, anyway. More definition. Yeah. Because they're little, aren't they?
2: Yeah how tall is Danny Kerr?
3: He has no, he's grown. Um I don't care, literally. Um five, five, side I don't know. Whatever.
2: But close game.
3: Yeah, it wasn't the best game that. Um It was
2: okay. It was okay. Uh you know, it's quite they lose they lose p c early on, Malander comes on. I think his best position is fifteen.
3: So do I. I thought he looked really good. A couple of his offloads were lovely mm. out the side there, beautiful. I thought he looked great. One thing I worry about um one thing I worry about with Harry Malander is his hair. What was
2: yeah, I'm, I know what you mean. I mean, what was it doing the weekend?
3: He's a lovely fella. He's a lovely fella. It was a bit like
2: something from Greece, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit um See, I've got a friend that works for the RFU. And he couldn't work out. Um, his name's Baz, and he couldn't work out if Harry Mallinder looked like Patrick Swayze or Deirdre Barlow. And for me, it's not Swayze; it's more Barlow, and that worries me. And uh, Monday to Friday, after training with a bit of product in it or on a sapped in neat, it probably looks very different. But I think when I see him, I will give him a little tap on the shoulder and have a word with the lad mm. with, the, with, the, with the boy Mallinder. So often you get teams like Harlequins that scored
2: Northampton two tries to one. It's not often that a, a team scores
3: less tries and wins um, Few, fewer tries yeah
2: fewer tries but Dan Bigger five penalties
3: he's so good off the tee he is he, and he's great under the high ball I love yeah. this one but he hasn't had the greatest start the last first two games no he does miss, haven't it. been great yet
2: he does miss Jamie Lang for his try good pace though from, from Lang but he just slips off him but head on tackling though he's so good he goes quite high yeah but because he hits with a lot of power and like Did you actually, see him hit Bannerhan last week? He's, yeah. Yeah, strong. I mean, he's a tough boy. He is a tough boy. He's, he's very tough, but he does he does go quite high. Um, you don't often see him tackling that low around the waist. But he's, he's solid, and he's got a lot of power behind him. So, you know, you end up he ends up stopping a lot of the.
3: Yeah, he, he didn't have his best game, but he's good off the tee, good under the high ball, and he, he will really get there for Saints' thing. But something I really enjoyed um, was the direct running of David Ribbons in the second row and Courtney Laws. Courtney, a bit more footwork, but Ribbons, just a big, powerful man. And he runs ideally at arms but sometimes at bodies and he just goes and goes and goes and he properly makes dents and it's almost like i do some i do i've said this on I, it might be on the highlights tonight it's monday now it might be on the highlights tonight i don't know if i'm repeating myself or not I lose track but it it's all it, you see so many forwards standing at first receiver now <clears throat> doing that whole thing where they pull the ball back behind two decoys yeah and it's great it really works when it's done right but sometimes I do watch guys doing that, and I think, what is the point in you being in the gym for four, five four six hours a week and eating all you eat if all you're going to do is stand and pass? At some point, steam onto the ball. The no one steams onto it anymore,
2: you know? The important thing there is that you're getting the right players in the right positions for that, because, you know, it's like you. some guys are better handling balls than others. So, for instance, yes. someone like over Vinopola is a very good ball handler, so you want him in that first position. You know, there's no point having someone who isn't comfortable passing because the whole point of that move is that you take it flat. If you do it deep, if you pass too early, it's so easy to move off and it ruins the entire flow of the game or flow of the flow of the move. So whoever's taking that ball, it's about getting in the right position. And then you want you want your big runner then next to you because the option is always to pass.
3: But that's that's not I, I get that. I agree obviously I can't you won't wouldn't disagree with that. But my point is if I'm playing against Mako Vunapola do I want him? I'm not saying he does. It's just the example you brought up. Yep. Do I want him continually standing at first receiver and throwing a pass, or do I want him steaming onto the ball? No, I'll no. take it. I'll take him standing and passing, please. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the balance. That's the balance yeah. you want, isn't it? Because that's
2: why you hold defenders because they think you're going to take it on.
3: Yeah, but, yeah. I think it does get to a point now where a lot of players just stand and give, or if they're not standing and giving, a lot of big forwards now because of the need for footwork. because if you run straight in, you often get buried. I think a lot of forwards now taking the ball take the ball start effectively standing still and begin footwork once they've caught the ball and the players that don't do that really really stand out. So when Mike Williams is at it for Leicester, he just steams in and John Ross for Sale just steams in and what it means is you get Armand will steam in, it's because you get proper momentum because yeah. they're a rare breed. It's like actually, you don't, but sometimes Dave, footwork, yeah, sometimes just whack it in. You lads. do have
2: to be quite brave to do that as well, though. Because oh, yeah. you know, you're going to get hit. And this is similar with, say, a, a strike run in the back, so like a 13, a winger, or a 15. You want them hitting the line, and to be able to hit the line, you have to be running at full pace. There's so many players that wait until the ball's in the hand before they start sprinting, yeah. Um, whilst you look at someone like a good example. From from my playing days would be like Lee Byrne. Yeah. The wide angles he hit, you knew that when the ball's in his hand, he's running through the ball. He's not waiting until he catches it to sprint.
3: Yeah. He's hitting the line and he's at full pace.
2: Um it makes tell, a it
3: makes a huge difference. I tell you who was used to steam into contact was Francois Pienaar at Sarries. remember? Yeah. When he caught it. He used to absolutely Ab- steam Abdel Benazi as well. And Abdullah Jeepers, yeah. Um, Whatever Abdel did, he did what he wanted, to be honest. He was just stronger than I always like else. watching
2: Tom Collins playing for Northampton. Yeah. Just completely different, isn't yeah. he? I reckon,
3: um, I reckon he's as hard to play against as George North was for Northampton. Yeah, possibly. Difficult to play against. But he's,
2: Marcus Smith looked good covering back. He looks like he's pulling a little bit of weight. Not so much up top, but
3: around that... glutamus.
2: and legs. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Glutamus Maximus area. Yeah. Um, he's
3: definitely being Glutamus Maximus Aurelius. He's... <laughs> Yeah, he looks good. He's got I mean he's got a lovely got a lovely big bum on him. I'll say that. He's been going below 90. Yeah. But uh, that was I mean Quinns, I thought showed a lot of I mean, at, at last season there were times where you watched them and you think I know the lads' heart rates are still high and they're still making tackles but they're not in this. They're gone. They never looked like they were just flat out defeated in that game. They was they kept battling, but Northampton I thought looked decent actually. Enjoyed game of that. the weekend though for me was Bath Gloucester. Oh. 31
2: all. Oh. Gloucester 21-7 half time
3: um, they've started so well 21-0 Gloucester. after half an hour yeah boy just crazy time I'm on a whatsapp group with um, Gloucester boys you. Gloucester boys and the chat is funny like there's no there's no you know like if you're fans if you're four fans and some of you are Bath fans and Gloucester fans you're bantering each other but we're just like oh my god what is happening here and I was like when it was 21-0 down I said to the boys they were like predicted score I said 35-21 to Bath you know, just as a joke. And it obviously wasn't that, but it wasn't all that far off. Like,
2: What I will say is I like the balance of the Gloucester team. It works. You know, you've got 12 trees and Trinder. I think that combination works. You've got a guy um, at 12 who... Uh, 12 trees is a big bloke. He'll hit angles. He'll take it up. He'll also be a distributor. Then you've got Trinder. And he can ne- kick. Yeah, and you've got Trinder next to him who is a strike runner who wants to not take on... People really um, head on. You know, he'll use footwork to get round, out around uh, the outside of him. Sharple's, Banahan, two different wingers. Woodward at fifteen, Class. brilliant. Cipriani just running the show at ten. Um,
3: it's just a team that looks already settled. I think. Yeah, and the com- and the combinations work. But what I would say to you, Tom, is if Cipriani doesn't play, there is predictably, but there is a huge gulf in attacking threat. Attacking creativity and threat between him and anyone else yeah, they don't at have... Gloucester. Respectfully, he might play ten. That's it. that's one issue, but you can't really. There's no reason. You know, that's no reason to panic. I also think without Val Rapava Ruskin, they are a significantly less dominant forward pack. He is quite something. He really is quite something. Very very strong. Really got over the ball. Really good close quarter carrying. Really dominant close quarter hits. And when they when he went off, it's just it's one of those things. A prop goes off, Fat Boy goes off. Oh well, get another one on. They were not the same without him. They were not the same.
2: With Wasps last year, if Cipriani didn't play, you know you had Gopith or you had Eastman, didn't you? Yeah. Um, but you're right though. In if he doesn't play,
3: yeah, I mean there's there's, there's, there's still there, there. there are still really good players at Gloucester. Yeah, they he, are. But he, but he's just so good. That pass for the Banahan try. Right, let's um, have it. Shot to nothing or
2: skillful both yes completely um I, th- I still think the past previous um the previous game was better but that was absolutely incredible i mean you know you've got advantage it's a it's a blind pass but so is last week's it, it was incredible amount of skill i i don't think it was great defending um from cognacina uh, just sort of shoots out the line doesn't really take anyone ends up just running up the pass beats him goes over his head um, whilst I think last week the pass was just inch perfect it was there, but there, was, there the, was still the a defender
3: it, too tight though
2: yeah a little bit too tight but that's why I think last week's pass was better but it was what a finish as well
3: yeah and lovely finish but but also you know it's one of those things that people the haters are saying it's a shot to nothing it's not skill We had nothing to lose okay but no one else is doing it so is it that easy? I don't see anyone else doing that you know I see a lot of people not doing much when they got a shot to nothing so and it's difficult because you want to fly up on Cipriani because you give him space you're knackered but the people are flying up on him, he's getting a millisecond and he's carving you apart so when he's in this sort of form it's painful I didn't however think it was the best fly half performance of the weekend we'll move on to that in a sec but in that in that bath Gloucester game <clears throat> I don't think, I was with talking with um, Chris Foy from the Mail yesterday up at Sale and he was saying it almost felt like Sam Underhill pulled them back single-handedly into that game. And we had both, both agreed it wasn't single-handedly. Some other guys played well. I thought Jackson Willison played really well at 13, actually. But he was really fiery. But Underhill was fantastic. And there's a lot of good sevens in England now. The whole we haven't got an out-and-out seven. There's about 350 of them now. and Well, there's three or four. But I think he's as good as any of them. Crestic's in great form. But I think Underhill is is in similar form. I thought he was just really, really dominant at key moments and fully fit top player super powerful super aggressive lovely technique really enjoyed watching him and without him I think that wouldn't have been a draw that really no well, I think Bartholomew lost that I think he was at key times he was fantastic so yeah enjoyed that game it was I watched it on the sofa in my pants um, don't get to watch many games like that it's quite nice actually lovely sight that um
2: so Bristol Leo Williams scoring a hat-trick. hat-trick off the bench yeah, we I mean, didn't really have to work that hard for him. Let's no, be but honest. he still scored a hat trick, yeah, so he's a team
3: of the weaker, isn't he? Yeah. Um, nice of him to get back, though, in the team. Um, Billy back Billy back on his feet and scoring, looking light on his feet. Big Bill, nice, like it. Will Skelton is is ridiculous. He's lost 14 stone and he's still 33 stone. Do you agree with Bristol and all their players? Yep. Second game in? Yep. Completely. Target games you think you can win, they got to survive, that's it. Don't be heroes, don't put your top players out for what will very, very likely be a loss at Saracens, a hard-fought loss on a surface that doesn't necessarily agree with older legs like I, our foes and those types.
2: I do agree with that, but I just find it a little bit strange it's only two games in. I mean, yeah, but you shouldn't you shouldn't be that fatigued two games into the season. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm they were... Finish rest- I'm finished. Oh, and, you're, um, you're so full of it and especially when you're trying to build partnerships and trying to build a team and the only way you do that is by playing together. So I mean I do agree with target games 100% but you've also got to play as a team together and work out which combinations
3: work and which don't. But in terms of the fatigue no point have you finished now? Yeah. Right, all right. So I don't think they I don't think they were not picked because they were fatigued. I think they were not picked so they're not fatigued 6 months from now. Or less fatigue six months from now, and I think it's wise and completely wise. And in terms of the partnerships, agree with that. Can't argue with that. But they've only had a week off. They're back together Friday night against Gloucester. So six months from
2: now, though, this game is going to be irrelevant. It's not going to be. No, it's,
3: it's not, boy. You, it's often it comes down to the last few games of the season. And what not, if you've six got loads from now? Game? They're
2: not going to be like, oh god, I feel so much fresher now. I miss one game.
3: No, but it's all cumulative. It's like that's like, you know, it. It, it may be really, really important. They may have. What if someone had got injured? I think they were never going to win that game. Okay, so... I think um, it's good
2: management. Talking point of this game is the George Smith hit.
3: Oh, Jackson yeah. Jackson Ray. Oh, yeah. Dirty bugger. And then... Ooh. Dirty lover.
2: They're the hardest ones, aren't they? When someone comes from out to win, you can't see him. You don't brace yourself, really. Takes you by surprise. Batted him. Goes high. Batted him. Goes too high. But... And we've got... We might have different opinions on this. I've not seen... A conclusive angle that says to me that hits his jaw or his head. I I think personally, yep, um, it hits the top of his shoulder. Um, you, if you hit round the jaw, and if you hit round the head, you don't get the head jerk back and forward like that. That's like a that's like a car crash. That's like a, a whiplash. You get that when you hit up top. You don't get that when you hit your jaw. You get that your legs just go from beneath you. So it's difficult because. I can't see conclusive evidence that that hits his jaw. So for me, he goes high, no doubt about that. But it's a yellow card. Your head's gone.
3: Uh-huh. You lost the plot, mate. Yeah, it's because you had that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I got baby brain already. Baby brain, our kid. Ah, well. I, I, so we're doing the highlights yesterday at sale, and Durdas says, right, we can talk about the sale, the um, Brist- Saracens Bristol game. I'm going to, just say so you know, you're going to give an opinion on the George Smith red card. Either way, I said, What's your view? And he goes, Oh, definite red. I said, Well, all I just say so you know, all I'm going to say to the producer, all I'm going to say is that from the angles I've seen, I can't make my mind up because the angles weren't good enough. The camera work, the angles weren't there. No. So I hate, I hate and I you don't want me to say that because it's not an opinion. I want to give an opinion. As you well know, I like giving opinions, but and it's going to look crap for the TV show. Unless we've got another angle, I'm going to say, Dunno. Yes. So can you produce another angle two minutes later the producer showed me a different angle on whatsapp directly behind george smith almost from like the bristol try line 100% shoulder and it's the one that the tmo gave they called it the killer shot Is what the tmo said to the ref and the ref's here killer shot right first of all it's no arms brutally aggressive it's shoulder straight in the jaw definite red and you know I don't like reds for red's sake 100% red easy call absolutely no question okay Um, in my opinion imho yeah what's your opinion guys girls
2: let us know might, yeah. put, might put a tw- uh, poll might put a poll we did one I did one last week who would look worse oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> on a desert island yeah I can't believe I lost what do you mean you can't believe it well you know I'm chiselled I'm cut I've got muscles in the right places yeah but I can I can bench
3: 240 three hundred and forty kilos <laughs> I can't I can't I wish I could I think it's just like the ginger gene in me and the hair That fellow over there is a fellow walking his dog at a little wee stop at the services. He's got one of those rogue t-shirts on which is like CrossFit addict t-shirt isn't it? Doesn't look like he does CrossFit. I don't think he does Um, CrossFit. I think
2: Lewinton is going to be an absolute incredible signing for Cyrus. Someone's nicked his ass. I have to say that. Um, Yeah, he's going to score a bucket load isn't he? He is. He scored a bucket load for London Irish last year and yeah, he's going to score loads. (laughs) They struggled really all (laughs) year. Lovely
3: player. Lovely player.
2: Wasps exit at the Rico. Yeah. The Slade Show. Sladey and Simmons.
3: In short, Tommy. In short. What are your
2: views? In short, um, they had Searle at 10. They're really going to struggle to replace Cipriani. Goppa's out as well, which is just like a double whammy. Yeah.
3: Um, and, and, Searle, and Kyle's left.
2: Yeah. Searle looked all right at 10 to start with. Yeah, it was a lovely kick through for um, Bassett weeks to score. But just throws such an obvious intercept to Slade. Yeah. Um, you know, it's that's an experience for you. You know, you. get All fluffs do it sometimes. They all, they all do it, that's for sure. But that one was just—it was just too flat. You know, you can't throw long passes like that when you're when you're flat like that.
3: Tom, um, Tom, we've all thrown an intercept in a big game. But have <laughs> you? Have you? Have you? Uh, yeah, probably have. Have I? No. Ask me.
2: Have you? Yeah.
3: Have you? Yeah, mate. Who? France A against England A. Uh, about 2000-2001 down the south of France we were doing alright we were going to right, we win I was up against Nicola Mast ended up being having a slightly better career than me and I threw a lovely loop pass over the top in our 22 and this absolute nobody called Damien Try picked it off and scored under the post and they won Did he score a try did he? He literally did uh, and he lived you, up to it Were you better passing off the right or left? Right to left Okay. I once I once playing, playing at the rec got the ball and I knew I looked up and I wasn't a brilliant passer I'm not I was, I was crap. But if I caught it, there was a chance I could also pass it. I knew it was on. I knew that their right winger, I was out on the left, and I knew their right winger was going to hit in on me because he was shouting, "I've got Flatman!" I got Flatman. <laughs> he was obviously didn't take it too seriously. He's not going to catch it anyway. I got the ball, did a Cipriani, and whipped it over the top. Missed pass, and I heard banners go. Um, I think it was there was an F word in there. F A No, no. Yes, <laughs> straight over the top. Try in the corner. Sorry about that. Did you get? Was it a
2: good confidence boost when someone shouting your name. Then you, I've got I got, got Flatman. I got Flatman.
3: I honestly think like you're a threat. I honestly think it was having a laugh. I think they were laughing to each other, and then they actually were like, oh my god, he's for the first time and his and only time in his whole career he's done us there. I think they were laughing because I, I they knew did, I, was a I did love. I did love um, Daly's
2: footwork for his try. Yeah, beautiful, is not it? Just. But his step, but his pace and his pickup It's like his step accelerates him. So, he's <laughs> such a balanced runner. So with yeah. Slade as well, and Slade scored two at the weekend, but you, you forget actually how fast Henry Slade is. You d- I didn't know he was that quick. No. I'll tell you what, in short, Tommy... You've, time, got, you you've got Christian Wade <laughs> chasing him as well. And,
3: and probably Elliot the fa- he's probably, f- yeah, probably the fastest bloke I know. Um, fast bloke in school, that's for sure. Mm. In short, Tom, in short... I think Was started well, banging extra about a bit. Extra never panicked, and in the end, Was were too easy to score against. Slade the intercept fine, but he shouldn't ghost around Shields. And I think it was Lava Balava. Could be wrong. I haven't checked it. Um, I watched it, but I've forgotten. Outside Shields, he shouldn't ghost through and score a run in from fifty like that. And you driving lineouts,
2: standard extra though. Driving lineouts, pick and go, find a way to win. Just they're just class of that. You you just you've got so much confidence in them that when they do get five meters out, they're going to come away with something. Because they don't make mistakes. You see so many people and so many teams picking and going, losing the ball, not concentrating on picking it up, knocking it on. All of them are comfortable in that situation. And they're just the patience as well. They don't force it. They keep going and going and going.
3: But defending driving line-outs is very difficult. But it is possible. And once the ball gets going, I agree, it is hard to stop. But I think it's... I think very often, even at Premiership level, it's made too easy, and internationally, it's made too easy for teams to score from driving lineouts. And firstly, win it in the air. But if you don't win it in the air, it's not just about pushing as hard as you can and having a good crack at it. It's about being properly organised and having systems. And you know, I'm not saying that I was a legend at it or anything like that. But I was, I was lucky in that sense that I played in the same team as Steve Borthwick for a decade and Danny Grewcock, which meant we had a huge focus on line out and set piece so our scrum was generally very good not always of course sometimes you get done over but generally very good our line out was generally very good on our ball and their ball now when teams are going to drive against us we absolutely had systems that we learned and practiced and practiced and practiced and it is a lot of work but
2: is defending a driving line out is that something you can replicate in training because a lot of stuff you can't so like my point is a 3v2 or a 2v1 in training is easy but when you're Absolutely fatigued. Yep. Um, and the only way you really get fatigued is is by playing a game.
3: Yeah. Um, can like,
2: you can you can you replicate that
3: in training? Yeah. Line out more defence. One of the easiest things to replicate. You just need two teams and A's against B's. Chip on your shoulder. But also, it's arguably you'd say it's harder. But in, in
2: games, you know, teams are you know teams are desperate to score. You know, whilst in training. it are you desperate to score.
3: Tommy, at forward session on a Tuesday morning at I Bath. Love it when you call me Tommy. Right. Go. And you've got right that's the first team from last weekend. This this is uh the boys who weren't playing last weekend. We're announcing the team after lunch today. But before that we're doing live scrums and live lineouts. So let's see let's see who wants it. That's it. Right. It's all you need. Then you're at, you're at game intensity then. You're flat out. <clears throat> you're scrapping because you can chin people in training and not get sent off. You're flat out into it. But it's all I would say we train so hard at lineout defence that a lot a lot not always, but a lot of the time it felt easier in games. So we were training against I'm trying to split, for example, we had systems and I had to get my head in certain places and my job was written down for me. So, both bothers knew everyone's job. My head had to go in between this guy and this guy when they do this, this guy and this guy when they do this and you have to split them. So
2: what is your what is your job as a prop defending the driving lineup? Because sure so one person would probably stay up on their feet wouldn't they to try and get their hands on the ball.
3: Yeah they would but but what what you're trying to do is so Oh, we got time on a pod, haven't we? We can we can talk about it. Um, what what I'm trying to do? Well, say, where um, else do you think we were? I know I'm thinking I'm on, we're on TV and only got 20 seconds. But Santa car? No, no. But you know what I mean. On yeah. telly, you got can't do any detail, yeah. and like you get used to not doing any detail. But um, if I'm in between, say I'm I'm in the I used to go in the middle of the line out, so I could try and stick my head in everywhere. So if you're at the front, you often end up we used to call it getting half pregnant, so you don't quite know whether to go in or go out, and it's like well, you, just, you have to stay for the front peel or anything. Yeah, it, it goes but on. actually, you're better off leaving someone a more agile. There and B, you're better off having someone who's really good at pushing in the middle. That's why we get lost from halves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because halves can tackle well these days and whatever. But it was so I was in the middle. So my job is to get the lifters away from that jumper so that so that Gruy or Borthers can get their arms around that jumper and rip him backwards and get towards that ball. Now if he's protected because he's got guys all around him and he can post that ball back easily to the guy who's coming in to take it because his lifters haven't been split and we've got no access to their ball. Then it's easy. And then, then you then you find out Gruy or Borthos will just be over the top. We used to call it pushing with your tits. So basically, standing up straight trying to push them all back doesn't work. No. You want everyone in good position. So, if they're going to be standing up, which they are, my job was to give them one guy holding a ball to attack. So, my job was to remove a lifter so they didn't have to get past the lifter to get to the jumper. Yeah. They had come with me through the hole. So, that's how you get your cauliflower ears, basically. You get ripped through those holes. And it was... It heads inside and underneath. So every time I see someone standing upright, useless. Every time I see someone driving in at the side of a mall, useless. Stand, if you can base it, if you can see someone's number sticking up in the air, yeah. they ain't doing it right as a rule. Not always, but you need to be splitting people apart. Otherwise, what you do is you push on the outside. And you see top pros do it all the time. And I would have done it 100 times. Of course I would. You're basically driving as hard as you can. What you're effectively doing is compressing the opposition more for them, making it tighter and tighter for them. You've got loads of lads standing off. People don't know whether to stand off or come in. You should know that stuff. You should put work into it. You should know exactly where you need to be every time the opposition drives front, middle or back. But it's also to do with timing as well because sometimes you get lineups that go
2: up, down pretty quickly. Some are slower. So it, Because you obviously can't hit till the jumper comes back down on his feet. But I think what we're trying to get out here, the point is that it's not just about eight men Putting their head down and pushing—it's a lot more technical than that because there are the, the change of point of contact of drives. It is slipped around the front. It is slipped around the side. Um, it also—it's it
3: very difficult. And you're right, though. It, it does need a lot of practice. It seems like a lot of teams put a lot of time into practicing their driving malls, which is great. But what you're doing is, if you're not putting the same amount of time into splitting, disrupting, disintegrating, smashing opposition drives, what what's happening is you are effectively. Going in is an unorganised rabble versus an organised yeah. pack. So you are going to lose as many, if not more, than you win. So our our point was: yes, we want to be super organised, but we want to we want to be more organised on their ball than them, and more organised on sorry on on our ball than them, and more organised on their ball. That was the point. I love wasps.
2: I love watching them play. They're one of my favourite teams, but I just think they are hugely going to miss Cipriani. Eastman. I think they're going to miss Haskell
3: and I think they're going to miss Guy Thompson. I think I think it's a, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about Guy Thompson and I think you might be right. That might be a key one. Um, just quickly, because we're rambling on a bit, um,
2: good to see Manu Toulanghi back, running in space. Yeah. And we spoke on the phone just before we come online and he mentioned about
3: one of the reasons why he looked so good at the weekend was his partnership with Carl Eastman. No, for me, it's no coincidence that Manu suddenly looks twice as good and Kyle Eastman's at 12. I know he didn't play the whole game. But you've got George Ford, who takes it properly flat. First of all, the pack were great. Put him on the front foot. George Ford takes it properly flat. Superbly skilled. He he was the best fly half at the weekend, I thought, in my opinion, by the way. Across the whole, mat, whole match, he was great. He looked really good. George Ford takes it really flat to the line. Makes late, accurate decisions. Then outside him, you've got Kyle Eastman, who does exactly the same. You've almost got two George Fords in there. Two proper players. Yeah. And then you've got a beast at 13 it works really nicely so it's not if you send Manu don't care how big he is you send Manu into brick walls lads can tackle now he ain't going to rip through he still needs holes like everyone else Kyle makes them and puts the ball in them just as well as George Ford does Rugby
2: Union really suits I think rugby league converts now especially the ball players in rugby league because you see that so many times now it's such a common play isn't it you know putting the ball behind two dummy runners or a dummy runner you get that sometimes two or three times going across the pitch in one phase of play um, and that's where someone like Carl Eastman is so good you know someone like Danny Cipriani I reckon if ever he wanted to go to rugby league would pick up straight away yeah, because Carver, yeah. it's so similar now especially on face play um, but uh,
3: again Gonova looked good ghosting around the outside is Gonova the best winger in the league I think I might have said so on the I Yeah, think I think he is Yeah, I think he is as well God, what a player but Toulouse is just absolute class alright he's better in attack and defence but you see how Gonova just leaves him for dead for his try I mean it's just like yeah. he's a big man who moves better than a well moving little man does that even make sense anyway he's yeah, good isn't
2: he I think, it, I think it does make
3: sense mate yeah um Glasgow two from two in the Pro 14 Hang a minute you've missed out Sale against Worcester We can't pick up every single game All I'm saying is Johnny Ross really good Yeah And Rob Webber was really good I thought a hooker very good Was he? Yeah very very good I I tend to think he always is actually. a big barbecues Yeah
2: Glasgow again two from two Uh, Stuart Hogg played the first game of the season and often you don't get that often you're internationals you wouldn't get an island put it that way Uh, often you're, you're internationals Sort of come midway through September, getting ready for European games. But phenomenal player, yeah. Your Just mate and he, your pure, golfing mate and the
3: <laughs> pure pure class. Yeah. Um, would, would he get Would he get in the England team? Yes. Yes. He would. would he get in the Welsh team? Yes. Would he get in the Irish team? Yes. Would he get in the French team? Yes. Would he get in the Italian team? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Would he get in hang on, would he get in the Australian team over Israel Falau? Good one, I'm not sure. Would he get in the all blacks team over our kid? He wouldn't be far off either of them. Would he get in the right. Springbok, would he get in Springbok? I'll tell you
2: was a shock. Benetton, <laughs> two from two. You've been saying they're crap for the last forty years. I know, I know. You think they should um, be disbanded? actually proved me wrong which I like but <laughs> you don't you hate it <laughs> Benvenuti such an no, athlete, you're welcome such an athlete for Italy he's been playing in the center just dominates you've got Negre you've got he didn't play at the weekend um but you've Negri got didn't. no Negre did who's the flanker Zani didn't play but he's been really good from Tomasi Allen they're looking like, a good te- uh, looking like a real good team this year um, I'd love it if they were potentially way more the fun if they are let's face potentially it potentially the Conor O'Shea factor Ulster winning again uh, John Cooney kicking them to victory kicked them the week before mm. just signed a three year contract good on him yeah but what a try
3: by Gilroy as trouser well trouser in that dough yeah good on him um, but that's it really <sighs> you're playing golf with Laurie Cantor soon aren't you I am Bath local pro. He's our local pro hero. You're playing golf for them. Can I drive the buggy? I want to come for the lads' band, but I can't play golf. You won't come.
2: You won't come. It's right in my house. How embarrassing would it be if I beat him as well? I'll play off scratch.
3: Matt Banahan said that Laurie's not very good. He's overrated. He just—he's just apparently he's just got a rich dad who pays him to go around the world playing golf. Just kill him with chat, can't you? Easy. (laughs) He didn't say that, by the way. (laughs) Just
2: like undoing your glove. His Velcro glove on the backswing.
3: Uh, Canter's the name, is it? Anyway.
2: Right, we've got to do some questions. I know is a long pod, but I'm just getting gnaws to death by Ian Goodwin. Just every week says, oh, you haven't asked my question. You haven't answered my question. Oh, is he? Yeah. Let's have a look at him. Let's uh, have a look at him. Ooh, I, you can't
3: really see him. He looks... Let's have a look at him. He's in the woods. He's in the. He's in the rough, man. I think he's a golfer. He likes golf. Right. What's his? What's his question? If is that good? Gooders.
2: Um, what is it? Is it fair that to get a Lions Test ticket officially, you have to buy a holiday to go with it? Oh my god! I know. This is this is my point about why we don't mate answer his questions. Ian, is it Ian? Well, it's, yeah. So Ian, come on, mate. I mean, why
3: would why would you not spell Ian? I a n. Why would you spell it I a? I think while we're at I- it we should discuss the Irish Rugby Football Union's ticket pricing structures. Ian, come on, mate. This is good times. He did have another question, though. We don't do actual information. Um, Did he? Yeah. Did he? I'm sure he did. Ken Dodd died yesterday. (laughs) Did he? Did he have a good one?
2: (laughs) Um, What rule law would you change from Ian Godwin? Oh, God. How long have you got...
3: What would you change, right? I'd make it illegal for... Is it Goodwin or Godwin? Goodwin. I'd make it illegal for Ian Goodwin by law to tweet us any more questions.
2: I would change the law that you couldn't wind down a clock by scrummaging and collapse scrummages. It should somehow... Stop. We should, yeah, until the ball is out to play.
3: I would... Not allow anyone to be substituted until they're falling over and losing control of their bowels. How's that? Yeah, good one. Uh, right, some other questions. Who was the best Lord?
2: Rings, flies, or dance?
3: Tyndall. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Do you ever read Lord of the Flies? I can't read. I can't read. No, I didn't. Was it good? Oh, did not you just remind me of Piggy? <laughs> did it look like the rock in the book did he, <laughs> <laughs> he
2: had to use his glasses to make fire <laughs> nearly killed him um, Harry Shawyer, favourite popcorn sweet or salty Ooh, sweet
3: Uh, mm, sweet
2: right, Stu Brumhill uh, yeah sweet as well uh, Brummers sensible question if you were still playing today which
3: coach slash DOR would you most like to work with we've had the biggest budgets really isn't it Best best team trips, biggest salary. That's you all over, isn't it? I didn't care about that. I just played because I loved it. Social, you would. Um, uh. I always think, from looking on
2: the outside, I always think Exeter have such a great team morale. And someone like that would really attract me to the club because you have to enjoy yourself off the field, and you have to you have to have a good social scene. They, I mean, all teams get on, but there just seems something special always going on at Exeter.
3: And I think they're just all allowed to completely be themselves, even though they're all a bit different. And some of them are just plain weird, like um, Jack Knoll. But, I, yep, Chiefs, Rob Baxter, Ali Heifer, I happen to know from the old days, is a really, really good guy and really, really bright guy. You don't need your coach to be your best friend, but it does help if you really like them. And if you respect them and admire them for being... Hard working and bright, that does make a difference. And Ali Heath was one of those guys. So, Surrey seems like a great environment. So does Chiefs. Hello, fellas. Matt from Dorset here. Got a question for Shanks. Is it true that you and Dylan Armitage used to have a podcast, but it got canned after one series because it was absolutely toilet? What's that about?
2: (laughs) Thanks, Matt from Dorset. Um, Proper job. What's that about? Why put on a funny voice, just in case... You're not bringing the s- golf club, mate. Someone recognises
3: you. Weirdo. Yeah. Uh, is that true? Do you have a podcast with Dylan Armitage? Wee. Let's hear another one, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay, go on then. Hello there, this is Jacob from Wantage in Oxfordshire, and I've got a joke for you. What does an extractor fan sound like? I used to like trackers, but I don't know more. What
2: is it? Why are we attracting like middle upper class people? <laughs>
3: like Jacob? I think we might have to we might have to reassess what we view to be our demographic. I mean, there are a lot, quite a lot on here. Um,
2: can you, find, can you some, find some rude ones as well? We'll have a look. We'll have a look for. A... Let's try and find a good one now. Let's find a decent one. Come Hang on, on
3: two seconds.
1: The lad is born with just a head, nothing but a head. And it he gets his 18th birthday. His dad says,
3: "Right, you're 18. I'm going to take you to the pub." So he carries the head, puts him on the bar, gives him a beer. His body grows back. Give me another. Give me another. His arms grow back. Give me another. Give me another. His legs grow back. He's a little bit drunk. He runs outside and gets run over by a van. A bomber says, oh no, he should have stopped while he was a head. <laughs> That's better. Yeah. That is better. That's good. Well done, Lucas from Burnley. You saved the show there. He did, actually. And he did he send us a couple? A were uh, a few yeah. memories. They yeah. were good, but a bit blue. We like blue, we there's just can't a, play them. There's
2: been a few blue ones. Difference between marmalade and jam.
3: Yeah, that was a West Country voice. Yeah. Well like done. Sounds <laughs> yeah, I think it was Vicks. Um, yeah.
2: But yeah, we're getting a few... Jokes and texts through. Um, can you stop calling me as well, please? Because I won't
3: <laughs> answer. It's a burner, bro. It's a burner. I've had two WhatsApp calls already. Uh, we didn't. It wasn't a joke, but we did get a very revealing message about Freddie Burns from someone, didn't we? Who knows someone that he used to know?
2: A girl he used to date with initials L.G. Can't um, say that
3: bit. Oh, you said it now. Oh well. Um, and you know, some sort of dietary. Preferences of Freddy's. Anyway, she made TVs. Oh, she makes TV TVs. Yeah, life's basically. good. Um, anyway,
2: but anyway, um, keep it sending them. Um, I mean, we've set the bar pretty low, and that's down to you. I'm sure, there's more funny stories out there. Don't be afraid. You know, you will get a mention. Don't be afraid. We'll make you famous. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> that was um, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, jinx. jinx. Jinx.
1: Jinx <laughs> again. <laughs> up.